This is 680 CJOB. Kevin Bergen here. Welcome to the main ingredient. Hey, it's Louis Glassy. Louis Glassy. What's going What's on? That? Man, not much. I'm actually pretty jealous that you got to speak with Rob Feeney, the Iron Chef. Dude, what a crazy nice guy. You are, you're a big fan, aren't you? I am a big fan. Uh, when I was in culinary school, I went to culinary school on the West Coast, yeah. and that was kind of right when he was on the come up. Mm-hmm. So it was like Rob Feeney this and Rob Feeney that, and he's, yeah, super unreal chef. Super genuine guy, very nice. Talked to him about uh, last week's episode of The Iron Chef and who he competed against, which is kind of a funny story. Um, well, you know, he's going to tell him. I'll talk to him right now. Thanks for uh, talking on the main ingredient. How does Iron Chef Canada compare to Iron Chef America, and how is it different? Uh, I think it's fairly... Okay. Let me put it this way. One of the, the differences, uh, and I remember even Gail Simmons was talking last week about it, is that um, one of the things that makes our country great is our product and our people, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the product is, is something I'm really proud of, and I think the product that everyone's going to see during the course of the season is spectacular, and I think the talent's spectacular. And it's like... You know, I'm I'm born and raised in Vancouver, and I'm in, I love this country. So I think it's a, uh, you know, it's obviously I've had a you know I had an opportunity to compete on Iron Chef America. I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best things that's ever happened in my career. That but this is obviously being on home soil. It's pretty special. Right, 100. percent Like obviously the Canadian version is well suited for you. You know, you seem like the, the the perfect Iron Chef, especially winning in America. So since you were the first Canadian Iron Chef to win uh, Iron Chef America, now we're back as an Iron Chef in Canada. Which role has more pressure? This one, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, because when I got the call to do the show in New York, I mean, you know, uh, Wayne Harris, actually, was the chef that was on it with me there, he's he's actually on the episode tonight with me as well, and yep. he actually works for us at Cactus. So um, the the pressure, like, we were, you know, we kind of went on, and, you know, this is Morimoto, so it's like we, I was, like, expecting to get, you know, you know what handed to me. So I, I, I think that the result, I was obviously very shocked at the result, in this case, it's like you're the so you're the Iron Chef, so you're expecting to be the person, right? right? I mean, all of us. So I think the pressure is definitely a lot more on the Iron, you know, as an Iron Chef than it would be as a competitor, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's pressure on both sides, but I think that, you know, I mean, it's I think that's where I think the pressure changes or shifts. Right. Okay. Tonight. You are competing against another West Coast chef, Chef Ned Bell, who not yeah. only is from the West Coast, but you mentored him, and he was your your, your <laughs> sous chef for a while. So, who yeah. do you think has the advantage in this battle because of this relationship? Nobody. <laughs> um, I like to think I do because I'm I'm older and I'm not not really wiser. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, um, but I don't know. I mean, um, I was really because we don't know. Um, until the doors opened, who the who who? So I didn't know it was him until the doors opened. Oh, right? is that right? So it, yeah, it's, and it's kind of was made me nervous, and I'm like, I, I was nervous, excited, I was everything all at the same time. I'm like, oh my god, really? <laughs> so um, I don't think there's any advantage. I think that it's just you know one of the things that you know my team uh, and what we focused on was just you can only do what you you can do, and you know. Being on Iron Chef America in 2005, I mean, wasn't an advantage. You could say it is, but at the end of the day, it's like whoever produces the best food in the hour. Right. During the battle, I got a sneak peek of, of tonight's episode. And during the battle, at one point, Ned calls out to you to say hello and ask how you are. And you say hello back. You are very cordial, but you are all business, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you tell him to stay I, focused, you know, so, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I haven't seen anything yet, by the way. So I haven't oh, really? seen it. So, yeah. So I'm. I hope I don't look too mean. <laughs> you know, like because he's such a good kid. Yes. So. He's like, hey, hey, how you doing? You're like, oh, stay focused, and you, you know, you're, you're all business, getting right to the competition. So I'm wondering, you know, what is your mindset as everything is going on in these competitions? Well, you you kind of asked the question at the beginning. I think the pressure is to to do well, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of was in the back of my mind. It's like. That was my focus, right? And, uh, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and he tried to talk to me a few times. I was like, come on. He's trying to focus here, dude. But he knows how to, he's one of the, I mean, he's like my little brother. So I think he's the one person that knows how to, like, wind me up a bit. Actually, I'm not, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, brother against brother. Okay, yeah. uh, your, your battle tonight features stone fruit. So maybe we can you can explain what is stone fruit and what are the, the challenges of cooking with uh, with that kind of fruit, and maybe some of the advantages also. What I can speak to is obviously I can't speak to what we did, but I think that um, Ned's from the Okanagan Valley, right? Mm-hmm. So and I, my and my aunt, um, I grew up as a kid picking cherries um, in the Okanagan. So we both are very familiar up there. Um, so I don't think that you know. I, I'm assuming that's why they picked it because um, I, you know, I spent my entire youth growing up up there and coming back with everything you can possibly imagine in the back of our Impala <laughs> station yeah, wagon. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then my brother and I, you know, my brother and I were used to pick cherries on my aunt's uh, orchard. So, uh, and then Ned, same thing. He kind of grew up with it too. So I think there was there was really no advantage or disadvantage to either one of us with it. Um, but I felt, you know. There's no comfortable feeling here, just so you know. <laughs> like, you know, even though you, 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 you know, because it's, it's whoever makes the best food. For sure. Um, you are the executive chef of Cactus Club Cafe, which I've been to often, love it, which is based out of Vancouver, BC. And, but today, October 24th, you and Cactus Club are opening a brand new location. So maybe you can talk, to, talk about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, myself and the entire team are, you know, we put a lot of work and effort into these openings. So I know everyone's excited to open at five o'clock tonight. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, we, you know we didn't really know the show was airing on the same day, but I think everyone's completely stoked about it, and I'm excited about it. You know, we have a lot of really wonderful chefs in our company. It's you know I've got over 500 of these chefs I work with um, across the country, and I think they're excited to see it too because you know we're there. I mean, I've got the chefs, the sous chefs Tyler O'Connor and Wayne Harris. They both work for Cactus, and so you know we're there representing our company. How do you keep, whenever I think of Cactus Club and Vancouver West Coast, I just think of the laid back feel of the restaurant, the great food. How do you, how does that transition over to the East Coast, you know, when, when it comes to Toronto? I think, you know, one of the staples of who we are and what we're about is our consistency and our execution um, and the ability. And that goes across the board, for whether it's service or food. So, you know, translating it here, obviously, with our two amazing uh, restaurants, obviously, sure, we opening tonight and um, First Canadian Place which was our first restaurant in Toronto, um, which was another exciting opening I was a part of. Um, I think we're just, we're really, I mean, we're really happy to be out here. We're happy to do our thing. There are a few changes. Corey Vitello is uh, a chef that's working with us out here in Toronto and actually works with the Test Kitchen team, and he's got a couple new items on the menu. So, you know, we're constantly evolving and constantly trying to just, you know, stay up. The, the restaurant's absolutely beautiful. I mean, you know, one thing, even myself, I work for Cactus, but I'm always so impressed because uh, we've got such a great family and how wonderful these restaurants look. So 
uh, it's a pretty special place. I appreciate you coming on the main ingredient and good luck with the battle tonight. And, Thank you. Uh, and good luck with the opening of Cactus Club in Toronto, your second location. I appreciate it very much. Okay, have a great afternoon. All right, you too. Thank you. You're familiar with being a chef. You're familiar with being a chef and working out. I am familiar with both, although I think that being a radio host of a food show might be a little more detrimental to your waistline, eh? Oh, let me tell you. Well, well welcome. Welcome to my <laughs> I world. Know, man. Now, you're a chef, show host, and... Oh, man, and I got to stay fit. I got to. I totally get where he's coming from. Uh, Especially, I mean, once you reach that echelon, everybody wants to feed you. Yeah. I can only imagine. I I mean, you must have food coming left, right, and center. Oh, if you're not in the gym, if you're not exercising, I mean, that's the only reason I exercise. Yeah, you're done otherwise. You just crushed some uh, deadlifts before you got here, didn't you? I did. I did. I had to do it. I don't like you. Don't look better than me, okay? Oh, but it's impossible. It's impossible. We're going to return with the Refugee Re after a quick break. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. Hey, I'm Louis Glassy. Louis. Just listen to Rob Feeney. And what do you think? He's a fine chef. And uh, so I want to talk about Iron Chef for a second. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching the original. Did you ever watch the original? Yes, it's awesome. A cuisson. <laughs> it reminds me of old school... Well, I used to be obsessed with Bruce Lee movies. Yeah, for sure. Just the format reminds me of like old school vintage movies. Like yeah. That, right? Well, it has that same vibe too. The like the samurai showdown. Everything's in Japanese. Oh, I loved it. And I love what they've done with the, with the Iron Chef Canada now. Right. Were you yeah. surprised it came to Canada? Or that's just the next step? I was totally surprised though. Were you really? Yeah. Well, Iron Chef America was awesome. Right. But you wouldn't expect them to be doing it in Canada. I mean, I love black boxes. Uh, sorry, an Iron Chef competition in the industry is called a black box, right? right? Because they fully pull the ingredient out of a black box. So I love that idea, but I didn't expect that they would take this huge global brand and turn it, you know, bring it to our humble little country. Let's get on to the Hatchery Collective. The Hatchery Collective, the, uh, the Culinary Avengers. You went to a dinner last Sunday that I, I missed out on, that I hate you for. It's okay. It's okay. There'll be others. <laughs> I still hate you. That's okay. Let's talk about that for a bit. Let's talk about what you ate. Who was cooking? It was all of them, the Avengers, all cooking. It was right? all of them. So the first course was uh, Purple Hibiscus, which is uh, Ave. She is a Trini woman who does like wicked, wicked uh, Caribbean food. So her course was a, uh, a roti with uh, a yardy salad on the side, which was arugula with mango and onion. She's hilarious too. Oh, she's so funny. Yeah, and nice. and then her uh, her hot sauce is made out of scotch bonnet peppers, and I could not get enough. Really? Was, oh, my God. You like spicy? I'll eat anything. I'm a garbage dump. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, I'm crushing all these deadlifts. I'm going to the gym. Hey, man, I'm a garbage dump. That's the only reason I go to the gym. So, Just so can, you can eat what you want? So I can eat whatever I want. You know, I respect you more now. Thanks, bro. And carry on. Uh, yeah, next one. Next one we have was loaf and honey. So they did. I love loaf and honey. I just want to get that you out. You just there. love them because they came here last week and literally fed the hell out of us. Yes, they did. Like they filled this table with food and they brought beer. Oh, the food and beer you and t- cheese. Take it to my heart. So these guys build. Um, if you haven't listened to the last two weeks, go ahead and listen to them. Uh, they're available on uh, on podcasts, Apple, iTunes, and Google yeah. Play. There you go. But for those of you who uh, who just want to get caught up, Loaf and Honey basically they make everything from scratch. So uh, there's two of them. Rachel is Loaf and Dustin is Honey because Rachel's a baker and Dustin has bees. And they've come together and they now make. Uh, and like hundreds of year old recipe for Trappist cheese. They call it Prairie Tradition cheese now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're just keeping that old tradition alive. This cheese is amazing. And so what they did was they made French onion soup with a crostini that has uh, bone marrows 
or bone marrow butter on top of it. Like the bone marrow butter that they brought here. Exactly. That grilled cheese. That right? they made. F- no, f- yeah, it was grilled cheese with French toast. That's crazy. Come on. Oh God. Uh, so what they did was they took the bones and they roasted the bones to make the stock for the soup. But then they took the marrow out of those bones, made it into butter, and then spread that on bread that Rachel made from scratch. And then they used- Who does that? They're nuts. They're like, they're nuts. They're, they're awesome. Again, they don't take the easy route. You know what no. I mean? They do, they put in the effort yep. to really make things, get well, get quality, quality tastes out of everything, right? Yep, exactly. What was next? Uh, we'll get back to roughage in a second. I just want to say the next few, if that's yes, cool. Yes, please. So the uh, next I want to hear it, but I don't because I missed it. Oh, then I it know, makes dude. me angry. Like you, you tell me, I think it's really good, and then I realized I was not there to, to, to eat that stuff, and it makes me mad. Just salivating I'm for the next one. I'm very right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, you just got to get fired up on the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, atomic dinner roll. So uh, Steve Strecker. Yep, good old Steve. Uh, he's a bit of a molecular gastronomist, which is basically uh, molecular gastronomy is taking techniques and ideas and dishes that you already know and kind of turning them on their head, right? So he did uh, a turducken ballantine with uh, sour cherry gel, sage gravy bubble, crispy stuffing, and a a carrot and pea puree. Um, So he basically took Thanksgiving dinner, but instead of stuffing the bird with the stuffing, he made tiny little cubes, panko breaded, deep fried the stuffing. Instead of making, you know, deboning three birds, wrapping them all together into a monstrosity and then roasting it for eight hours. He, uh, he took the three different birds and then ground the meat and then made it into a, it almost looks like deli meat, mm-hmm. right? And then you just cut off kind of dimes oh, of that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Exactly. And then the sour cherry gel is basically like your cranberry sauce. So the turducken was kind of like the turducken that was used in the sandwiches that he brought us the other day. It was pretty darn close. In fact, it might have been the same one. Did you finish that on the way out? I finished it before I hit the door. <laughs> he came in, he brought us these sandwiches, and he was like, oh, I just I knew I had to throw something together. So he did homemade brioche with two pieces of this turducken that had been, uh, that had been again, panko fried, so crispy fried chicken sandwiches. And uh, you and I are both huge fried chicken guys. Dude, crazy, crazy huge. Yeah, it's I, the I best. I can't even lie. I can't act like it. I'm like, no. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and then on top of that, red leaf lettuce, and then a, uh, it was, I think an apple and something else slaw, mm-hmm. right? And so he's coming in all casual. Oh, you know, just threw it together. Oh, yeah, and here's some beer too. Like, yeah. Some barn hammer and some sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. So you that's. Come back anytime, buddy. I guess that's his equivalent of like a hot turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you eat, th- eat Thanksgiving dinner and then the yeah, next day. Yeah, he said day, I threw some things together that yeah. were in my fridge. Yeah. I'm like, and they look like that. Yeah, Exactly. Because you remember, you'd, you'd take a hot turkey sandwich, me and my house, I'd take it, I'd put it on a piece, take leftover turkey, put it on a piece of white bread, pour some leftover gravy on top of it, throw it in the microwave. Right, and then that's all good. Baby, you're good to go. 100%. Well, he did not do that. No, he did not. Um, and so he's also uh, he's also part of the hatchery. Uh, Prairie Kitchen Catering, shout out to Maddie Newfeld. He basically likes to take all of the fresh local ingredients and pair them with wine, bad puns, likes to get after it using local food. He loves the puns. Loves the puns. And the final meal that we had was from Manila Nights. And he is, Alan is... Panera. Uh, Alan Panetta? Yes. Filipino chef here in town. You gotta say it like I say it. Panetta. Alan Panetta. Yep. He gets after it. He just crushes fine dining Filipino food. Uh, super nice, super low key guy. Super humble. Like, he'll always act like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I don't know anyone. And then he crushes food out and he knows everybody. You know, you want some, you want to get, get in touch with somebody, he knows that person. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the, uh, the man behind the throne. Yep. 
Uh, and so anyways, these six chefs, they make up the hatchery. Basically, it's a collective of chefs who all get together to make unreal food to support one another. It's like the Avengers. And one of them, Ruffage Eatery, just want to reiterate, October 28th, Sunday, uh, Marion Street Eatery, 5.30 is happy hour, 6.30 is dinner. Tickets are $65, available at Instagram.com slash Ruffage Eatery. I did an interview with the Ruffage Eatery, Jesse and Candice. We're going to roll that right after the break. This is the main ingredient. Welcome back to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Louis Glassy. Ruffage Eatery. So we just talked about them a little bit and you were able to interview them. Correct. So I interviewed them and you ate their food. Yes. That doesn't sound like a fair trade-off. It worked for me though. Here they are. <laughs> Ruffage Eatery. Right? Let's talk about what it is and how it began. It- hard hitting. I told you that's a hard hitting <laughs> question. <man>. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we started Ruffage Eatery uh, in September 2017, mm-hmm. and it just became that we've always wanted to have some sort of like cafe or restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried something, well, we thought about something like five-ish years ago, and it didn't really work out. Uh, I wanted to do vegetarian or vegan, but everyone said that, you know, that's not going to fly. You're just like, you're, it's not going to work in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um so as time goes on... Do you think they were right five years ago? Perhaps. Or do you think maybe you bought into what they were selling you? You know what I mean? Sometimes when too many people tell you things, you know, yeah. you think, well, I guess I got to be wrong, right? So did you think maybe it was a combination of both or, you know? For sure, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially, like, because I don't have, like, a, a culinary background. Right. And then to want to do something so crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, not crazy, but... You think it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's a little crazy. No, it's not crazy. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, the refrigerator is just, it's vegan food that is just comfort, comfort food that is just like your regular, regular day, everyday meals, like Manitoban meals, uh, but just veganized. So Candice, when you guys met, Mm -hmm. were you a vegan? No. Were you interested in being a vegan? I was very interested in becoming a vegan. But what interested you about it? The whole plant-based, lessen your carbon footprint in the world, mm-hmm. just stuff like that, like not harming animals. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm conflicted. I'm so conflicted. I, I, as am I. You know, as am I. I don't want to see how it's done, but yeah. I do like the end result. That's I feel so bad saying <laughs> yeah. that too, right? It's very bad. Okay, so you started off as a vegetarian, right? Yes. What made you change over to vegan? I found out I was allergic to eggs, and. That was really hard to give up. So your allergy to eggs did what to you? Just didn't like, did it make you sick? Yes. Yeah, I started getting really sick and uh, I went to the doctors and they weren't able to tell me anything that was wrong with me. Which is harsh too, right? Sometimes yeah. when you go to the doctor, you realize you got to kind of take your own health in your in your own hands, right? Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, I got a, a blood test on a blood allergy test mm-hmm. and it showed me the different items that I was allergic to. And Besides eggs, eggs what, what else? Uh I think the like chicken was also no yeah oh no <laughs> so I guess it makes it sense right chicken right? and egg I guess. <laughs> yeah so yeah I can't quite remember those are the major things um, but I also I uh, regular meat or like pork and beef don't sit well with me right uh, so it was just it was easy to give them up and once I did give them up I couldn't believe how good I felt until I wasn't eating it anymore like. Almost instantly? 
It took a couple of weeks because mm. it was really hard to give it up. Mm-hmm. And the cravings were really strong, and it was really hard to uh, to satisfy that like heavy feeling in your belly after mm-hmm. you eat like a, just a bowl of plants. Mm-hmm. Right? Dude, uh, you, you don't got to tell me. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> right when you when you when you eat, sometimes you want to feel like satisfied and and full. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to get over that that I just ate something and you know maybe I'm not as full as I was before, but I am satisfied. Right? Yeah, it's like just retraining your brain of like what is satisfied to right. you. Uh, so that took a little while, um, but once I, I figured out um, how to eat, and I, I couldn't believe on how good I felt. No stomach, no stomach pains. No, no I had so much more energy. I was more alert. I yeah, I felt great. Like I had, I could just, I felt like on top of the world, mm-hmm. basically. You've always been dabbling in, in cooking, right? You've always been yes. been a cook, like a home cook. Yeah, since I was little. Okay, so what made you want to cook for others now, especially when it came to making vegan dishes, right? Well, there was a whole new challenge into it. Yeah. It's easier for me because I've been cooking this way for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but Candice and I, we really love entertaining. We love feeding people. And to see when people really enjoy the food, it's so exciting. And it just, like, pushes you even further to, to keep trying new recipes, to keep veganizing Veganizing. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> it's awesome. fun, right? Like the tocino that you make. Like yes. you would never think a Filipino would eat tofu tocino, but yep. it's actually really good. It's really good. It's fantastic. You guys do a lot of entertaining. Before you used to make, you know, with your friends dishes with, with meat in it and all of a sudden now slow, first you're going vegetarian and now you're going vegan over the years. How was it to have them change over? They're coming over now and they'll probably be like, What is this? Yeah, right. they definitely ask what's in it, um, but they're always satisfied. They're always shocked on how good it can be, mm-hmm. just because the perceived notion that vegan food is like rabbit food and just salads, right? And that's that literally is the perception, one hundred percent. Yeah. What's right. great about our food, though, we mean Taryn guess, is that our food looks like um, it looks like Ticino. This looks good. Yeah, it looks like. In fact, pork. I'm gonna eat some right now. Yeah, <laughs> and our pepperonis, right? You try that. That actually looks like pepperoni, and it tastes like pepperoni. Okay, I told you guys, my mom downed that yesterday when I brought it home. She <laughs> finished it. I was kind of mad at her, but you know, she'll live. Okay, so <laughs> what is in this? Right, this this tofu tocino. Tofu tocino, yes. Yeah. So it's um, it's tofu that's been prepared and marinated for about two days. It smells great. It's very garlicky, mm-hmm. which is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, so with uh, garlic and pineapple juice and a couple secret ingredients to make it special. <laughs> yeah, secret ingredients. Yeah, I <laughs> like all, the secret all ingredients. Based. It's all, absolutely, all it's all. There's really, there's only like five ingredients in the whole thing. Really? So it's pretty simple. I got to hide that from my mom. I can't bring this home. <laughs> right, she'll just down there, right? All right, so let's talk about the, the Ruffage Eatery menu. So uh, chicken shop dumplings, that sounds interesting. What, what's that about? Uh, my want to eat dumplings <laughs> they always look so good and they smell so good but like i said like i can't eat chicken mm-hmm. um so i made chicken out of uh uh like vital wheat gluten mm-hmm. i grew garlic chives in my garden mm-hmm. so i thought it'd be a great idea so to put them together and they turned out pretty good you're like a, a food scientist, right? You just kind of... She's a mad scientist. You, you are. Seriously. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, I like that. I can't eat that. How can I make that? Yeah. Like, not the typical way, using other ingredients. Is that how you challenge yourself all the time? I guess so. I enjoy to be challenged. Um, and it's fun to do. I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I'm in the kitchen the whole time. And yep. 
the best part is that you get to eat it afterwards. So you work really hard and work yep. for hours and hours and to get this like perfect little morsel of like exactly what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding. How long does it take you to come up with that though? You try something? Uh, no, that's not it. How many trial and error things does it take? Lots. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long time coming with this menu. The reason why we chose that menu is because those are the things we practiced for so long. Right. Ever since becoming vegan. Yeah. So it takes a lot of work. <laughs> A lot of trial and error because, yeah, it's always different. For sure. You can find, you can research a bunch of recipes, but then you have to make your own too. 100%. Because like we said yesterday, you, you may not like what what someone else has made or maybe they've added a touch too mm-hmm. much of a certain thing that just doesn't, you know, turn your crank. Yeah. So, And a lot of times they, the ingredients you do find or the recipes you do find have ingredients that are not plant-based mm-hmm. or they have ingredients that are not really found locally so we have to adapt to that is it getting less challenging now since you know the local movement is really is really people are actually taking it seriously now yeah definitely right? it's gotten a lot easier in the last few years super jealous about you going to their dinner but october 28th you're going to be there right correct you're so, going to be there yeah i don't think of you course. should go i think you've eaten enough free food yeah i'll just let you sit this one out or sorry i'll sit this one out <laughs> and let you take so you point. can't even get it straight you can't even <laughs> say that you're gonna miss no not even close we'll be right back Kevin Bergen here. Louis Glossy. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Myths about being a vegan. I'm actually excited to hear these. I don't know what the myths are. But come on, everybody know. You know what I mean? Like typical myths. Like, you know, it has no taste. Tastes like cardboard. Oh, yeah. You know, people, you work out a lot. So a lot of times people will make, make or they think that maybe you're not going to get enough protein because you're not eating meat. Gotcha. You know, gotcha that gotcha. kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to dig that up right now. Perfect. All right. So I told you. I love the internet, and everything on the internet is true, okay? So I found some myths about veganism that uh, I wanted to throw at you, and you guys can weigh in on whether you think it's true or not, or educate me and tell me whether that is nonsense, right? Okay, so the first one is, I don't even ask you to agree. I just say, I'm going to throw these at you. Got it? Got it. Trapped in the studio with me. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, vegan diets are not healthy. That's myth number one. What do you What do you think about that? I think they can be unhealthy because French fries can be vegan. Oh, so mm-hmm. don't don't beat on the fries. <laughs> I have fries. That's why I've got a fry problem. Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah, you know? I can't stop. Right. So it just depends on what you're eating. There can be good things, good and bad, yeah. whether you're eating meat or not. Yeah, it's yeah. important to have a balanced diet. Right. So fries and ketchup, exactly. Three meals a day is not a balanced diet. No. Not usually. <laughs> Just <laughs> thinking about it. Mm. No, Kevin. No. <laughs> well, what's on the fries? One time we made a tater tot poutine with kale on top. So really? it's like, you know, it's tater tots, yeah. right? But then there's kale, so. It's a little. Uh, I love tater tots. <laughs> it's weakness. They're like Mexi fries, right? Oh, yeah. yeah my, my son just discovered taco time. Oh, man. And, I he, love he, that like, place. and he doesn't need a lot of junk food. And he comes home and he's like, Dad. Have you have you been here before? I'm like, settle down, <laughs> bud. It's junk food, okay? Relax. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, myth number two. It's hard to get enough protein on a plant-based diet. So false. So false. That's so false? Yeah. What is your main source of protein if you're not eating meat? Well, protein is just a chain of amino acids you have to ensure that you get like, oh no dog coming, coming out <laughs> go ahead sorry no no you just have to make sure you have a balance so like there's uh like quinoa is yep. really high in protein mm-hmm. beans lentils um like seitan is also high in protein 
Uh, it's not the best protein, uh, just because it's like a ton of vital weak gluten. Um, Do you think you would have done all this research on food, educated yourself on a lot of different things on food, if you didn't have to? No. You think you just can, you know, be like me and just eat Mexi fries and all day with <laughs> burger <laughs> meat? <laughs> I wish. Maybe. I don't know. It's... I love learning, and I love to learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a challenge I have for myself. Um, and then the best part is when you learn something about food, but you're more educated, and then you get to eat it mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day. For sure, 100%. Vegans are preachy. Not all of them. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't not think. me. <laughs> Right, your your approach is just hey, you know what? You can try my food or not try it. Yeah. Right, but when you try it, because of course, the first thing I thought when I ate the food was, all you got to do is get it in people's mouths. Yeah. And then they will come back and eat it. I think so. Right. Because it can be really good. Right. And it's just about flavors, right? The like the vessel for the tocino is tofu. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's still meaty. It still has that really very top meaty texture. Yep. Um, but it's all plant based, and it's. It's, yeah, it's really good. It is good. Again, there's no, I, I don't know, if you have a closed mind about stuff, it just, yeah. you're ripping yourself off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, you know, some of the largest mammals in the entire world eat plants, right? Yeah, so, how did they get that big? Yeah, right? Gorillas, they, like, they're, they're humongous, right? And the mm-hmm. muscles that they have, and they only eat plants. So it's silly to think that meat, is, like, animal meat is the only option. You're deep. Uh, (laughs) Uh, number four vegan diets are not suitable for children i think that's totally fine like uh i don't have children i'm not a mother so i you know i don't want to parent other people i I parent other people all the time man (laughs) other people's kids too (laughs) i think as long as you have like a balanced diet i think it's going to be fine Mm -hmm. and at least give your kid the option to if they really want to do it explain to them what they're eating and how it got on their plate or the supermarket, mm-hmm. um, you know, or go to your local farmer and see the animals and see how they're butchered. If that's their choice, then that's their choice. Right. Right. Either way, like whether you're going to eat meat or not, whatever mm-hmm. you're eating, kind of educate yourself Definitely. and your kids too, especially yeah. too, right? Not just, hey man, eat that. Why? Because I said so. Exactly. Right. It's the old school parenting. I know because I'm an old school parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well, this, you kind of refer to this a little while ago with the gorilla thing, uh, vegan diets make you weak. No, definitely not. Right. They don't make you weak. It's nonsense. Oh, here's a good one. Only rich people can go vegan. It's too expensive. That is not true. <laughs> yeah. That's so not true. I can tell you that we don't make a lot of money. We're poor. Uh, <laughs> we we is broke. True. We We, we is broke. Come to our event April 22nd, yeah. 5 p.m. Club 200, 190 Gary Street. No. Um, yeah, because... If you think about what you buy, when you when you buy groceries, your produce, it may seem expensive, but it lasts longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it goes into so many dishes. That's that's so not true. <laughs> okay, so Ruffage Eatery is a, is mainly a, you, you guys cater, right? Yes. So let's say I'm having a party and I want to get your services. How do I do that? You can just contact us through the website. Uh, you can email us through the website or email us at ruffage.eatery at gmail.com. Uh, if there's something on our menu that is not there 
and you want it, you can just contact us and we can try to make it happen. I literally was just going to ask you that. You know, obviously there's a lot of, maybe a lot of dishes that may be common for mm-hmm. vegans to eat that you may not offer. Would you, you would make that for people? Absolutely. What if I'm one guy and I'm watching a movie and I want some vegan food and I want to order some food? Is that possible? At the time, it takes a few days to order. Mm-hmm. So we need a few days in advance um, just to... Because we cater, we have to, we use a rental kitchen. Right, um, so but it's, like, I, I can still order. Like you know, oh, it doesn't absolutely. make a difference. You can still order, right? Yeah, yeah, anyone can order. That's awesome. It just takes a little while to make it. Okay, okay. So I asked you this yesterday. What's our end game here? What's our end game to Ruffridge Eatery? Right now, we are catering. Mm-hmm. I know you both have uh, full time jobs, right? That's and right. Um, you know the tipping points coming for one of you. <laughs> you know what's our plan? Not uh, to put you on the spot or anything with a mic in your face, but <laughs> what you, what you going to do, girl? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely plan to open up a restaurant uh, very soon. That's our end game is to open up a restaurant, provide people with our meals, our foods that we make, mm-hmm. do meal subscriptions, of course. Mm-hmm. You seem very motivated to do that. Yeah. But what's, what's what's motivating you to, you think Winnipeg, it's time for Winnipeg I, to experience I believe it's time for Winnipeg to have this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's been too many times when we go out to, like, say, a wedding or a dinner and Jesse has to eat beforehand or we have to bring our own food to this dinner. Yeah, and that's not even, fair. That's even not to right. a wedding we went to, Jesse got two side dishes were, that were baked potatoes. We had two potatoes for dinner. <laughs> I hate, yeah, I hate You okay over there? Yeah. You enjoying that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hated that. I hated watching that. I think it's time for... Winnipeg to be educated to mm-hmm. know that there is that vegan food is good and that we can provide it for them. I appreciate you guys coming in. And, and, and again, I have tofu to see now. You bet. So if someone wanted to order that off you, they just go to your site and they can order that. Exactly. It's killer. This one's mine. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yep. They're having a dinner. What are the details? October 28th, Marion Street Eatery, happy hour, 5.30, dinner, 6.30. Uh, there is a hilarious dinner and a show it's uh there's prominent local drag queens doing the serving you can wear a costume if you want tickets are 65 dollars they're available at instagram.com slash roughage.eatery send them a message get your tickets get in the door this is the main ingredient i'm kevin bergen and i'm lewis classy on 680 cjob this is 680 cjob